Hey y'all, welcome back to the Gameonomicon podcast. I know it's been a while since our last episode, but I've been pretty busy, of course, with uh, life, real life and work and such, but also on the gaming front. We've been uh, hard at work wrapping up Warmer in the Winter, which um, should be able to hit digital distribution uh, this month in July. I think physical copies will probably follow in August. I don't think we'll quite catch July for them, uh, but still feeling pretty good about that. As well, I've been uh, working on a bunch of one-page RPGs lately, uh, though the most recent split to two pages, one per player. And those games in particular are based on a system I have dubbed Second Guess. So let's talk for a little bit about that. There's an ongoing jam right now for Second Guess games. And as well, there's a one-page RPG jam that just started recently. And I think this is a really good time to dig in a little bit, talk about uh, what makes Second Guest tick, and why maybe it would be a good fit for a game in that type of genre. So Second Guess uh, is a name... Uh, derived kind of after the fact for the system that the game One White Eye is based on. Uh, We've done a a podcast playthrough of One White Eye already on here, and that's a game that kind of came to me uh, last fall while uh, out on a run, as many good ideas do. And I was just kind of turning over and turning around in my head some different ideas. I was listening to uh, some creepy podcasts and things as I want to do. Uh, and, of course, it was October, which is already that, that time of the year. Uh, and I had recently, on the gaming front, uh, discovered solo RPGs. Or at least really started to dig into them. I'd heard of Iron Sworn a while back. I thought the idea was really cool. Uh, even on the, the board gaming front, uh, I had encountered the Lord of the Rings LCG some years ago, and I was really, really taken by um, the capability to play a game like that solo. It was you know, designed mainly with co-op in mind, but any co-op game in general, you can strip down to playing just solo. So... I was exploring more of the RPG world, and I hit on The Wretched, and the many games based on The Wretched and Alone system, and really, that that just really captured my imagination. I loved how um, evocative uh, a Jenga tower is. Uh, of course, Dread does that as well, and just the, the growing tension as you have to pull blocks from the tower and stack them. And, and just the, the kind of adrenaline rush of the thought of that possibly toppling. As well, uh, I really like the deck of card-based prompt system uh, that really gives you a lot of room to, uh, as Richard Alone does, kind of categorize stuff, kind of scale things uh, based on the value of the cards potentially, um, and, and do a lot of cool stuff. 
And so I was thinking about that and I had, had a nugget of an idea because this one white eye image hit me. Just the, the, literally the image of that kind of scene trapped in the cell with, you know, some hole in the, the wall or the, the cell door or something and this kind of ghastly, milky white eye just staring at you, uh, off and on and never speaking, just staring. Which, you know, really led me down this kind of Edgar Allan Poe inspired territory, kind of some, telltale heart stuff with a fixation on a particular body part some of the pit and the pendulum sort of um despair and you know trapped in the cell and that sort of thing so like flavor wise that all came together really quickly but it was such a limited um scope right such a small contained um, setting and kind of scene on, of what's happening that I was thinking, you know, it really would not support a large game. So I hit on trying to strip it down to just a single page. I had seen things like lasers and feelings and honey heist before. And a lot of times working with those type of constraints, uh, really breeds some extra, creativity as well uh, turns out having some kind of boundary or, or border um, forces you to think creatively about how to stay within it so i was thinking about a single page and how to um, strip down a solo system to fit in that kind of context and i really loved the wretched as i said but there's just no good way uh, to maintain a legible font size and have 52 prompts, you know, one for every card in a standard playing deck, um, fit on that page. So I started thinking about, well, how, how far down can you trim it? Could you do like 10 or something? And well, it, it probably still needs to be randomized. And I, I started looking at stuff and hit on a D20. It's, it's another very common, uh, component that people have around, maybe not as common as a D6 uh, or a deck of playing cards, but uh, at least within the gaming realm to start with, you probably have a D20 sitting around. And I thought, you know, 20 prompts I can probably fit on one page. I can I can probably make one column out of those. So uh, I started tinkering with that and fiddling around, but it, it felt kind of flat when you're just rolling a die. And one of the neat things about using a deck of cards for something like Wretched or even um, Carta or some, uh, for another system is that it's a finite resource uh, or, or there, there's a finite instance of particular cards within it, right? So you've only got one Ace of Spades or Queen of Hearts or whatever it might be. So once you've drawn that... If you have a prompt associated with it, I would assume in most systems it goes to a discard pile, you are assured you will not encounter that exact same event again. You'll hit on a, a totally different prompt as you continue to draw. Well, unfortunately, you run into an issue if you're doing this with just the, the D20, where you could potentially roll, you know, three 18s in a row or whatever fluky uh, random chance it might be. It doesn't have that automatic removal. Now, 
you could, I suppose, um, kind of strike through or mark off prompts or something. Once you've rolled an 18, if you roll it again, then you just have to roll another time and see if maybe you get an 11 next time or whatever it may be. But that feels kind of anticlimactic. It's, it's not a particularly feel good moment to take your turn, you know, do your one kind of fun thing. Rolling dice is fun, right? Uh, and then look down and realize, oh, that did nothing, literally nothing. I just have to roll again. It's just not a good, good feel. And it kind of also just eats time in a way that's not very productive. So I started kicking around, well, how, how can we combat that? What, what is a good way to, um, try to compensate? So I started thinking about, well, is, is there something you could do when you roll it a second time, um, so that you're not just treating that as a blank? What, what could happen, change, increase that type of thing? And, and that did kind of lead me to, uh, the thought of, okay, if you've got some kind of counter, you know, we don't, we don't have a Jenga tower type of system because, um, again, I'm trying to strip this down to the studs, so to speak. Uh, but you know, maybe we could build some kind of growing tension or, or treat it as uh, kind of an HP type of thing. You take a hit, right. And you get down to zero and you lose, or, uh, you know, flipping that, if you build that up to a high enough threshold, then you lose things like that. And that, that seemed like a good nugget uh, of where we could go. Um, and then I kind of started tinkering with what do you do other than that? Cause it's still, you're, you're just adding to a counter, like in a journaling type of game like this, you need some impetus to write these entries to keep the forward motion going in your story. Um, so I got back to thinking about why are you trapped in this cell and you know, what's up with the, the prisoner sort of aspect. And I kind of realized that a lot of times, um, in this type of story where people are possibly wrongly imprisoned, maybe for something they didn't do, uh, that they potentially wind up confessing even to things they didn't do, or they, the, the tension starts getting to them and they start confessing to things they weren't arrested for and start spilling out their whole life secret. Uh, and I realized, oh, wait a minute, this, this could be a nugget. This, this could be kind of the, the iron we're going for here. We could have struck gold and you start thinking about, well, what about if I have, I, if I have to reveal something, if I have to start spilling my guts, if I re-roll that 18 again and I have to think, Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if, what if the eye wants me to confess? What if, what if I hid something before and maybe if I confess this, I'll be able to get out of the cell? Maybe, maybe I was hiding something and maybe now I will, you know, spill my guts, tell more. And I, this sort of started snowballing and I realized a lot of times people aren't even necessarily, um, doing it to that type of extreme, but everybody kind of lies to themselves. They lie to everybody else. Uh, I don't necessarily mean this in su such a cynical manner as that comes across. 
but the you know you're always the hero of your own story you're always playing uh, out events or playing them back to yourself in the best possible light uh, or when somebody asks you about something you are you maybe are telling half truths to leave yourself looking good or maybe uh you know uh, bear with me the stereotype i know your spouse asks hey do i look fat in these pants and you say of course not when really they do and you tell that that white lie and so i started thinking yeah there's always some extra hidden layer that maybe we weren't totally honest about the first time to ourselves to others whatever it may be and i realized yeah this is great if we just anytime we come back to any of these prompts we have to kind of break down and admit to ourselves the character that is uh has to admit oh i wasn't being entirely truthful i didn't reveal everything or what i said before was honestly totally made up uh, again, in the context of one white eye, you know, maybe I completely told you this this story, told the eye this story uh, in the hopes of getting out. Uh, but now it's back and just staring at me again. And OK, OK, I'm sorry. That was that was totally made up. Here's what really happened. And uh, that seemed to be the tool we needed to pull it all together. I've been told as well that that kind of has uh, a bit of uh, aspect of a thousand year old vampire, which I admit uh, I am aware it's extremely po popular, but I have not actually checked it out yet. So I, I need to. I know that it's it's a journaling game and um, that there are uh, some some prompts and you kind of add to the journal and you have to forget some memories as it goes. I'm, I'm aware, but I haven't really, um, downloaded it and read the whole thing and, and done a playthrough. But, um, so I still think that's good company to be in either way to, to kind of take some of these similar ideas, uh, I guess, throw it in a blender and strip it all the way down so you can fit it on a single page. So, one White Eye, of course, was the first. Uh, I wanted to show that as bleak as that type of setup was, because that game does not have an, a happy ending. It is really just a test of how long can you survive with the eye staring at you until you eventually succumb. There is no other... There is no win condition. There is only a loss condition. But I wanted to expand things more and show that that what, you know, wasn't really all you could do with the system so the date was the second game uh that we worked with this uh, and i wanted uh to swing wildly to the opposite end of the spectrum it's a much potentially lighter sort of uh setup here where you are on a date uh, a first date with somebody new and we've uh, kind of added more of a sliding scale so that you could win or lose depending on wh whether your points go up or down uh, and you discover yourself very interested in this person or very turned off by this person depending on, on responses and the like. Uh, 
And it, it's a similar sort of idea, not the, not the bleak confession sort of thing, but finding out about people, they're trying to represent themselves in the best possible light. Uh, sometimes you do well, sometimes, uh, that does not go well on a date. Sometimes you get wrapped up in a conversation and realize, you know, half an hour in, oh, I didn't tell you this other uh, story about my, you know, youth or whatever it may be. And you can play with that same idea of, of truth and half truth and revelation and, and the twist, as we call it in the second guess system, without it necessarily being such a bleak um, sort of viewpoint. So that expanded things there. Um, I've done a, a couple other games since then just to, to play around with some other options. Uh, Hard Case I put out recently for the Second Guest Jam uh, in, in more of a noir, noir setting. There we go. Detective story. Uh, and played around with that a little bit more with uh, kind of some pre-game setup, uh, kind of some very basic character creation uh, that would help you kind of get into your character to start with and and a little bit of their setup of background and, and where we're picking up the story from there. Uh, most recently, I expanded the system to a duo game in The Time Traveler's Life because I was uh, kind of contemplating how else can you play around with the twist and what these reveals are what are what are some other contexts that might be different um to explain why these are happening and why you're mistaken about what had happened previously or what that new insight is and i hit on time travel and uh an old favorite novel of mine the time traveler's wife uh, and even if you've gotten into Doctor Who and, and watched that, the Doctor and River Song, where one person is a, a time traveler and they are experiencing things um, in order to themselves, but out of order to the other person, the, the significant other that is experiencing life in a linear pattern uh, and vice versa. The, the linear person, it. it all seems to be in the same order to them, um, but they are seeing their their the time traveler in different modes and, and phases of life. And uh, you know, you may go out on a date expecting one, you know, the person that's of a similar age to you to show up, and suddenly one that's twenty years older shows up, or or whatever it might be, and that gives an opening for some different context of your expectations as the significant other versus what the time traveler has been going through that has caused them to show up randomly here in your life. Um, but coming from say a point 20 years into the future uh, and, and how their different perspective plays out to where you are in the relationship and that interplay of, 
not always knowing what you expect uh, or getting what you expect at least and and people having varying knowledge of the relationship and what they've gone through and how that interplays um, so I, I hit on that as a duo game where each player has their own set of prompts uh, and that the, the time traveler may be traveling somewhat randomly back and forth um, and that it would allow two people to play off of each other in some interesting ways uh, and not only be one person trying to twist their own entries. So those are the main ones I've put out now. Um, I've got an idea I've been kicking around for another option uh, to kind of expand the system with maybe a couple moves, kind of some PBTA type stuff, uh, maybe give players a little more volition and, and planning on what to do on their turn before rolling a prompt and let them more actively juggle their, their win and loss conditions, um, which I think could be really cool. Um, but you have to, again, make sure you don't stagnate uh, on either of the options of what they might be able to do on their turn. Don't, don't give somebody uh, just an empty or a dead turn because then you're back to the initial problem of rolling the same prompt again. You don't, you don't want just a, a blank, so to speak. So the options all are going to have to be moves that get forward motion, uh, and still interplay with, with the prompts and all. So that's something I'm turning over in my head. That said, uh, several other people have already submitted things to the Second Guest Jam, so I highly recommend that you go check them all out. I don't want to um, accidentally seem like I am leaving anyone out that did submit a game so far, but I do want to highlight a, a couple that I feel kind of helped push things out in newer directions. Nothing at all, uh, <laughs> I guess, against folks that kind of did rules as written very basic according to the SRD, because I've, I've been doing that too. That's, that's why it's set up. So nothing at all against that. But I wanted to do the jam to see, well, what other kind of ideas do other people have that could help push this forward can we collectively come up with some more tweaks and, and ways to reinterpret and, and push the boundaries of what can be done in a solo one-page game? So uh, a couple that I think really uh, hit, hit that nail on the head, uh, one in particular, Serious Reading uh, by A Typical Foe, uh, which in a lot of ways does just follow the base system, but I do like that they um, did tweak the, the layout and made it a, a little visually different from prior entries. Uh, and mainly I just, I love the premise. It's so just absurdist about a, a newspaper advice columnist and the headlines that you you've gotten and what you actually write about that already kind of expands the system with kind of these two different things that are interplay with each other but just it's, it's just hilarious just go go read it look at some of these prompts and like 
uh, I'm, I need to sit down and play it soon because the, the just weird zaniness of that premise I totally love. So I like that you can also even push the boundaries of what setting, what, what genre, what type of, of kind of concept you have underlying these. Uh, but as well, an, another one behind these masks by Lemons418 uh, takes and, and tweaks it. Uh, it being the second guest system uh, in another new direction. The the general premise is that you're a parole judge uh, deciding the, the verdict on whether a criminal should be allowed like back into society or not. And I, I really dig that this takes the game in a more like overtly kind of adversarial direction. Um, it, maybe adversarial is not even quite the right word, but there's a much more direct um, singular conflict here. Even though only one person is playing it, you're effectively kind of um, playing the judge against the mm, computer, for lack of a word, the cardboard computer uh, of the prisoner here and whether you believe them and what type of answers they give you. Um, and I really like that this also expands, uh, the system with not only your prompts as the judge, but also an additional set of prompts for how the pris prisoner actually answers you. And yet an another track for how you are reacting to what they tell you and whether you, you find it to be believable and trustworthy. Um, so that there's kind of more cogs in returning here, uh, in order to, to bring you to that resolution in the end. So I really like that. Um, and I would love to see more people, uh, drop second guess games and keep, um, kind of pushing it out there, seeing what other kinds of, of little interlocking systems you can get going. Um, definitely go check out, uh, the second guest jam on itch so you can see all of the other entries again I, i'm sorry i'm not just listing all of them uh, but there's several great ones here so check it out if you've got other questions about second guess how it works uh, whether something might be able to fit with it i am happy to to chat kick around ideas uh, help with some some prompts or, or whatever it might be so just let me know, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.